This is the Roll that podcast. Thank you so much for coming in. Uh, we've got Brandon, Philip, Gene, Duano, and myself, Donnie. Uh, thanks for tuning in. You're like, I can't take this shit no more. I'm out. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> Who's out for the weekend, right? <laughs> <laughs> Eight assists, six rebounds, and two turnovers. We win the game. That's like, that's, that's about it. I see folks, I'm like, oh man, that's, that's old folks stuff. I'm like, damn, am I getting old? Like, he was watching uh, <laughs> Damn near a gangster in real life, you know what I'm saying? But no, <laughs> cannot complain. Work been going all right though. Huh? Has work been going all right? Um, super productive. Um, we're really busy. We have a lot of work going on right now. We don't have enough people. So it's kind of a good thing, but at the end of the day, it's just, it's going to be stressful. <laughs> so how about you guys? Yeah, about the same. One of the trucks broke uh, broke down. So now it's like, do you get another used truck, even though trucks are on like a year back order? Uh I mean, at the end of the year, our operations manager is, is retiring. So it's <laughs> like everything is like, man, it's already February. Just about huh? leaving when? <laughs> so, I mean, it's going well, you know, in a good rhythm. Got uh, uh, another raise. That's always welcome. Nice. Nice. Mm-hmm. We're good. So are you, are you full on back on the road? Like, are you, are you out doing quotes and stuff all over again, or mm-hmm. how are you doing it now? Yeah, I'm on the road. Uh, I just go down thirty minutes, depending on the size of the house and and how much the the client wants to ask questions or uh, tell stories and stuff. Like the the one woman I ran into uses her cricket and her heat press and then we started going on talking about vinyl and, and she showed me all around the place and stuff and she does like doll houses like very like i don't want to say like photo realistic doll houses or anything but it was like she got so creative with shrinking down sizes and and she like put leaves on the ground and stuff i was like this is like and she'd have like rooms dedicated to certain like this scene and then the next room and it was like all I was like this is wow and I was like so you're gonna tell me you hand painted all this right he's like no I really did I was like oh, okay so she competitions or something or does she just she just loves to do it and collect it and she just does it and yeah. she she would do it for like realtors and stuff like that it's cool but I just kind of got into a rhythm I go out and help them in the field a little bit or go tag whatever needs to go. And I try not to do like the lifting part. And yeah, you know, he's gotten to the same point too. He's just like, I can't go, I can't afford to get hurt at this point. <laughs> it's like, like every time you go out and you haven't been out in like a month or something, everyone just assumes, oh, well, Phil's gonna do it. Phil's gonna do it. Like, oh, well, Phil's here. You know, it's like you end up doing like the toughest pieces because you're actually able to do it. But I'm like, 
what would y'all have done about this big couch coming in if I wasn't here? Like, I'm just <laughs> So what do you say? Do you say, oh, I'm just, I'm just here to observe for a little bit and then I'm rolling out? Or how do you, how do you handle it? Or yeah, do you, you hang out for a good part of the day? I typically end up staying longer than I would like to just because I'm like, I don't, I can't just walk out of here. The client knows me. Like I'm the person that they've first seen. They've talked to the office, but they know me, gained a trust level with me. So it's like, if I just walk out and this ends up being an eight o'clock day, this isn't going to be a good look. And plus like moving forward, like as far as like, like the leadership aspect, none of these kids have seen me in the field. Like the guys before you would have the respect because I'm not going to ask you to do anything you haven't seen me do. I'll go into the attics. I'll be in the basements. Whatever the toughest piece is, I'm going to carry it out. Or, you know, if I do one and I see you do two of them in a row, I'm going to tell you, you know, chill in the truck. We're going to bring the next one. Take a break. Like, and keep that mentality moving forward. But these guys don't know me like that. Like, we, we've had such turnover. Now I'm like, what's the training versus... Like what's gonna what for us moving forward is like what's gonna be the the window of how long it takes to like figure it out. Because like for us, we learned with the person that started the business. So as he figured it out, we were figuring it out. And as we were seeing things, we were changing it up and stuff. So there was no one that could tell us anything about how it works because we were creating it as we go along. The new people coming in they didn't have to go through trial by fire. Like we figured out, let's not do it all in one day. Right. Let's space it out. Let's do this day and, set, and, and try and make it as like hand fed as possible. So the guys now, they have no idea what it was like a few years ago when we had the guys that were already there. And now they're just like, it's getting easier and easier. And these guys just don't understand. And now it's like as easy as you make it, then you have to make it even easier because that becomes the expectation, you know? So they don't work with the same pace that I'm used to. Like we were, there were some jobs we were running in and out of the house. Like we wouldn't be running in the house, but if you got an empty load going back and forth, like we knew this job don't end until we finish. <laughs> like we don't go home until we finish this job. And we didn't plan it for a five day job. We planned it probably for like two. And we'd have a truck full of stuff. We had to drop off at the dump right before going to the house in the morning, get there early and stuff. So it's, it's so much more streamlined, but the guys don't understand what it, you know, like what actually goes into it. They don't understand from top to bottom the, you know, that, that ripple effect that happens when you don't do your job. So are you, you saying, not, are you, do you think that they're like taking advantage of their time on the project because now they know it's already planned out for them. They have three days to do this job. Or do you think it's like, it's too planned out for them. Now they don't have to think it's almost. It, it, it's both of those. It, it's both of those things. It's like, if, if you lay it out and it's it's three days, it's most likely three days because it's like 2.25 days. So I'm like, well, why why try and force uh, a long day this day or anything? Let's just stretch it out and it's just simple days. The last day will just be shortened. Well, if you're ahead of schedule and you can finish it in two days, that doesn't mean leave at noon that day knowing we, well, we still got one more day on the schedule. It's like the opportunity cost there I'm leaving an estimate right now that they're just looking for two guys to come and pick up these four things out of the house. I don't have the availability to do it. They got to do it before the weekend. It's Thursday. They're just not thinking about the fact I could have put another job on the board. And if you finish it today, that's great. 
we can be more efficient and it also won't cost the client nearly as much if you just if you take your time and stretch it out then that then there's a, probably an hour of drive time that got killed or two hours depending on where it was so it's like think of the big picture instead of thinking like how can i make this day as easy as i can and the rest crumbles and you know it, it's it, it's like the client's going to call the office they don't call the individual crew members if something happens and something gets broken, they call the office. I look bad or the office is bad. And, you know, it's like you have to be able to have guys that are going to take accountability for that job and be like, all right, this is it's like a folder of info at this point. And it's like, I don't know how much more you can get before it's just like, no, you just have to take it on. You can't be in this as it's just a job. I think that's the mentality now. It's like I signed up for a job, I, I'm going to put in my eight hours and then I'm going to go home and do whatever I want to do. And I'm like, it's great. But this isn't Walmart or like Google or Nike. It's still a small business growing. So it's only as good as the what you're going to contribute to it. If you're just getting people that just want to like show up or anything like that, then it makes it really difficult because you're not going to last very long. Like you can tell when guys' attitudes start getting short and stuff like that and they're uh, like you're you're not gonna last in that position because your patience can't be the first thing that goes <laughs> like in in what we do because tomorrow's job is gonna be just as as difficult as today's. You have no idea what's gonna happen on Friday, and that's that's what we're in business for. We're supposed to be able to be flexible. We're supposed to be able to think on our feet and and change game plans according to what the client needs. It's like a customized service. So. If you want it all laid out and you show up to the job and half the stuff got taken out by the kids or somebody dropped off some more stuff, like that's a change. Of, obviously, I couldn't predict the future. So now you're in this situation and we just got to be as efficient as we can. It's a mindset, though. It takes a while to, to understand all the moving pieces. You know, it's like, and I've been in every role, so it's a little easier for me to, to see it. And I can't picture it from their lens at this point. Well, I think that's, I think that's the disconnect, honestly, because you guys, you guys got used to, I mean, no, not to be mean or anything, you guys got used to some, some people that were rather cerebral, including yourselves, you know what I mean? And could, and could absorb this information and make a decision. And now you're getting folks that, like you said, they just want a job. So and I'm that's not mad at that. Um, <laughs> that's gonna be any industry. You're gonna like yeah. that, that's that that's that division right there between like moving up and out of the field and doing grunt work and making decisions versus versus doing grunt work. <laughs> it's like people don't want to think about it that way, but it's the truth. Like, do yeah. you want to move up and be more responsible? Do you want that responsibility? Not everybody wants that. No, but but, but you want the in increase in pay though, and it's like everything else. Yep. It's like you have to start looking at it as a business owner would look at it. It's like okay, so I should just cut my profit margin that much more to give you more, and what do I get in return? Exactly. Like, if you're only going to do what the entry level position entails, then it's like it's it's not a mutually beneficial situation there, and and. I'm like, I, I feel like you get like two years in the field without seeing progress and moving up the chain or anything before it's like, that's the burnout window. It's like, you, you'd see the, within the first 
three to six months or you go to two years. And at that point, it's like there's positions that have like haven't even been created yet. If you just want to go into that role, I promise you they'd be all about it. <laughs> but but they also see like if I show up to a job, I'll be the one that's going to be talking with the client throughout the entire day and handling the contracts and stuff. I'm like, I'm showing up to this and I'm, I'm asking your opinion on everything because I, I want you to think this thing out. I don't want to just come in and tell you exactly how it's supposed to work. I'm like, it, it treat me like I'm, I'm on your crew. What do you, what do you want to get next? What should we load up on the truck first? You know, but it always reverts back to that. And yeah, it's, it's tough. And people are and the, the guys are young too. Like the crew is young, like that disconnect too. I started what, 26, 26, 27 years old when I started. The whole crew, like the youngest dude on our crew was like 25. And then Ryan was like 27 or something like that. So it's like, at that point, we were all in like the hustle mindset. It wasn't like we're fresh out of college or something like that. It was like, we'd already been working real jobs and stuff like that. So it's like, no, this is an opportunity and it's it, it's only going to work if we work. <laughs> like there ain't nobody, if you call out, we just about to deal with two people. Like that's, <laughs> that's our only option. So it's tough to like try and pass that mindset down to people that's like, they're getting paid a lot more than I made when I was, I had to work my way up to get paid what you're getting paid to start. I remember that like, at Office Depot too. It's I so crazy. That. Like, you, you've been there for years and then as time goes on, they make those natural uh cost of living increases and stuff yeah and just watching people come in making more money than you you have all this experience racked up and it doesn't matter because you're only going to get your little five percent or less every year i hear you but 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 with all that being said do you guys think that you have too high of expectations knowing how young these guys are and if they're not showing that desire to learn more or to, to to truly grind do you think that you're asking too much of them out of the gate? I mean, yes. Uh, when it comes down to it, like I, I, I say it in the office too, I'm like, if this is going to scale, this and these guys are good. Like, I, I like the guys that we have. I, that's, the, that's the frustrating part is like, you want them all to just buy into the system and be like, let's do that. Like, let you get a crew, you get a crew, you get a crew. I promise you, if you want to run jobs, Ryan, he's going to go get trucks. That's the mentality that he's looking for also, because we can we can only do it with that uh, mindset. It's going to be tough no matter what. Yeah. But expecting guys to, like, come in and understand exactly what that grind looks like, and instead of just coming in and getting an established position, like, it's it's a it's going to be a very difficult thing to do. So I'm like, if we're going to scale this, you have to be able to train that type of blueprint of an employee. Like, how do you get that employee to to want to go? So is it an incentive program? Is it some sort of added benefit to get to that next point? Like, what is it to get those type of guys? Because otherwise, they want to have full time hours. But then when they get to the full time hours, the jobs get tougher and tougher because throughout the week it keeps stockpiling and stockpiling. And by Friday, everybody's in a bad mood, or you know, guys will call out on Monday or something like that. And like, you get high on one dude, and then all of a sudden, two days he's calling out last second, like they and not understanding the, the ripple effect. Everyone's on the board right now on a job, so you calling out last second. And just not thinking it's a big deal or anything like that means you you just screwed those two guys over 
because there's no support and unless another job finishes that day. And we used to think of it that way. Like I, this is, these are my boys that I'm going out with. I'm, I'm going to do as much as I can to make sure because we're all looking at the same issue. Let's see how quickly we can get it done. You know, if you rolled your ankle or something like that, I'm going to pick up the slack. Like, it's just not that it's just, let me get my hours. Let me see, you know, I'm not on this job on Friday. So we're done our part, <laughs> you know, that stuff can get done on Friday because they're going to have more guys. So, like you can't think that way because then you get snow. Like, in this time of the year, we get snow and everything gets turned off. What What if you guys did like some sort of rotation? Like you said, because the burnout rate is so high, because it's a grueling job. I mean, you're, it is. you're picking up heavy ass stuff and you're putting it back down and you're running up and down stairs and everything else. What do you think there's a way of like putting like a rotation in play where like they're out in the field and they're huffing up furniture and stuff up and downstairs maybe two or three days and then maybe a day or two they're in the warehouse helping prepare stuff or something or is there anything else that they could do besides being in the field all the time well the thing it's when they're out of the feet it's the thing is it's like when they finish the job at like 11 o'clock there's uh like the she wrote up this long big whiteboard in the back it's huge all the different things that can be done without even needing to come in and ask if you like if you want hours and it's 11 o'clock and you normally are working until 4 30 there's a lot of things that you can get accomplished it, you know you sweep the trucks do whatever it is, help take pictures on the auction do all these different things <laughs> check the supplies make sure everything is like but everyone runs out the door like like half of them won't even come in and like hey hey dd all right we're heading out it's like how quickly can we get back to the warehouse and, and get out of here and then so, when it's a week that's slow, like there's so many things that you can do. <laughs> so what if what if you guys just didn't make it an option? What if you started making up schedules where it was like Monday through Wednesday, we're on a job and we're knocking it out. And then t Thursday, Friday, you're doing supplies, you're cleaning, you're doing like, you know what I mean? Like, what if they just broke it out that way? Because that's not, it wouldn't even be a full eight. If, if, if we did two days, it, it's honestly like the tasks get done in a day when you just have one person. It's like, we're not going to put you on jobs or anything. Just get the, the storage room and all the supplies and everything organized. By the end of the day, the majority of it's organized. So if you have more than one person doing that, that's a half day project. And then what do they do for the rest of the day? While we could have been making $2,500 that day. So now you're paying two guys full-time pay to go into the warehouse and clean stuff up. Well, and what's, what's going to be the sense of urgency? Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, if you gave one of them a task, it doesn't have to be two days. I'm just throwing it out there. Like, just to break it up, just to keep them from being burned out is my only thought. Or do you not mind the turnover because you really are looking for those no. diamonds in the rough? Is that I what don't really want, I don't want the turnover, but the reality is it's like, it, it's, we've tried so many different methods the guy and even when it comes to like volunteering it's like the guys normally like if it's a slow week oh well i only got three days this week you know is there anything I can? and he's just like come in if there's a truck here come in there's plenty of things you can help uh worry over in the auction take some things to donation for or try and move some things around just making sure that she's good she can't lift it by herself like there's so many things that you can do that you're not in the field and, and realistically if you saw something like no one's taking over the dot responsibilities and that's a huge 
but like in terms of making sure everything is up to date, it falls back on the office. And, and I'm like, that's a role in itself. No one takes care of how many boxes are left in the warehouse. That falls back on the office. She finds out through the grapevine that we don't have any mediums left. And then she has to order. I'm like, if you're seeing it every day, you knew that last week that it was getting low. And, and that's a role that you can take off of your plate. And that's a whole job title that separates you that eventually we'll have enough staff and everything that you we can't afford for you to go into the field because we have this going on. That's the kind of mindset. Like when I was in the field, I'm always thinking I need to raise the next me to be able to take my spot before I can get out of the field. I have to get someone that can understand and see the scope. And it took months to do that. But he got into that spot and then he's looking at the next thing of when he can move up. But I, that's why I was like, you don't have anyone to replace you. <laughs> and it made it seem, seem like a, a tough thing to swallow. Like you, there is no one that's, if you leave the field, what do we do? Because the rest of the guys, it's, it's, you're running the jobs or anything, but you got to develop something. You got to develop another crew. You got to develop the guys around you. And that just never happened. Got burned out, got frustrated. And then be a great help if we had them. But you can't deal with like the, the attitude. Like as soon as someone just, they're fed up and it's just like like trying to get you to like fire them or something like that. I'm like, dude, I, I don't understand. I don't know. I've just had enough bad jobs in my life to understand like the mentality of the blue collar like front work. <laughs> like I worked at one eight hundred, got junk. I worked at like it's a great opportunity if you see it, but if you don't see it, it makes it so much tougher for me to like. <laughs> it's, you, it's it's very difficult to motivate other people when you got your own stress that no one else even understands because you're the only one that does the, my role and my role is to get the job onto the board pass that information to operations to the move manager to and it's like whispering in somebody's ear whisper 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 by the end the message is completely different <laughs> but at the end of the day you're responsible for that message that you started with like yeah <laughs> Jesus I, I think you already said it. What's up, Gene? Oh, you, you can't, you can't like really teach that. That's one of those things. That's just like one of those. It's a, it's a part of somebody's personality. Like if they want to grind, they're going to grind. Mm -hmm. And and if they, if they're passionate about something, they'll show it. Like I, I don't, I don't know if you can really like build that up in somebody. I think you can guide that direct that energy. When somebody is like at it and they just can't get enough of it and they're showing up early and leaving late and all that kind of stuff, but I don't think you can you can breed that in somebody. I don't think you can do it. I mean, I'll say like just from the conversation and stuff in the truck and spending time outside, I'm I'm happy with the dudes that have like well one that left and jumped on and started streaming and building up his 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 uh, his Twitch channel. And then the other dude is still working with us. He, that we spend hours together just talking and stuff. We did like the website form and everything, talking to AKA stuff and everything. And him actually filming and, and writing and stuff. So I'm like, I can't be mad at the fact that you want to leave at 11 o'clock to go home and shoot. <laughs> It'd be so counterproductive for me. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm on one side, I'm like, I'm proud of that. But there is an aspect that, like this funds that 
Like if we do well here and you keep making money here, that's a, that's a guaranteed return that you can invest into your passion. But if this falters because we're not all putting anything into this, now you're going to have to create at a necessity. Like now you're going to have to go and create stuff that you don't want to create just to make sure that it sells. Some lollipop stuff that you know is going to be commercial that you're going to hate doing it and resent even doing your passion. Like you have to get this knocked out first. Like there you go um, again with your high expectations. <laughs> Come on. I think man. that's the minimum though. <laughs> like, in this in this position, it is it's the minimum. I'm I'm saying that's what it has to be to even to to function. Like it's it'd be different if you can show up to the place and everything's laid out for you. You just have to knock out A, B, and C. Like if you're working at the post office or you're working as a cashier or something like that, but the structure that's set in place, I can take you, replace you with this person, and this is exactly what that structure is. It changes so much for us, and and we're in the position that it's still like like wet concrete. Like if you think of something, it legitimately can be put into place. So it's only going to ride as high as the people that are actually going to go out there and execute. And I can sell my ass off, but if you don't show up with the the customer service, and I'm like, these guys are patient, they can live, they they'll move it twice if they need to, whatever whatever it takes to make you happy. That's all we want to do, and that was our mentality when I was actually in the field, but. It, I, 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 that was my biggest fear is like getting diluted over the years. You know, it's like in a perfect world, I'd like to be able to come back years later at like a a, a training conference for stress free and be like the the dude in the sport blazer that just shows you the old notes of how where we came from. Yeah, I did that with Aerotech. It was like the third dude that got hired comes in, just like this sport blazer sits on the table and he brings out a notebook that they. They made their own white, like yellow pages, calling every company A to Z to try and get their staffing services started up. And he's telling us the stories and stuff. I was like, that's what I want to do. And like, as soon as I started with Stretch Fair, like, that's what I want to be able to do. But that takes so much to get it to that point. That's hundreds of franchises deep. Oh, yeah. You know, but. What motivates you, Gene? What motivates you to, to, to give your your all or at least close to 100% to your job? <laughs> oh. I don't know. <laughs> I mean. Uh-oh. <laughs> like, well, no, no, not even that. Not even that. I think I think over the years, you know, the, the hit. You know, as long as I've, I've been in finance, right? So I built a career, established a career, you know, via finance, um, more specifically, you know, like the banking industry. But um, throughout the years, man, I always, I always wanted to hustle. I always wanted to like, I always wanted to, to climb the charts. I always wanted to climb the ladder. You know, I, I started off as a teller. Um, I just always had this ambition of, you know, I think you know what one of it was crazy before all that man. I think it's it's a it's a weird it's a weird concept, right? Like I was struggling through college a bit, and um, you know, and I wasn't I wasn't doing as well as I as I wanted to. But I always knew I had like I had this hustle. I had like street smarts. I don't know. It was just right. And then so I said, well, I'm not excelling there, but I know that I can excel. And I think for me as like 
honestly is like um, a black man, like a black young man. You know, I've always felt like I had something to prove. So that was always my thing. Like I had to prove that I could really, like I fit, you know, I have to prove that I'm, I'm more than you think I am. Like, you're right. So, um, but really I had to prove it to myself. Like I would say that, but I would have to prove it to myself first. So, so anyways, man, I have to like make it deep, but it was just, you know, that was just always my thing, man. I think because I didn't excel in one place where I felt like I wanted to be, you know, not this statistical young black man. Right. So um, I just, I just always felt like I had to hustle harder. You know, I, I would have to hustle the hardest, like put in hours. I remember, you know, I'd work at like AutoZone and, uh, and <laughs> it's crazy. So I'm working at AutoZone. I'm like killing the hours. I'm working overtime. Like, you know, I, I also had this fascination with like stacking money. Like I wanted to see how much I could just put away and watch the numbers like increase. Right. So, so anyway, I'm living at mom and pop's house. So I'm, I'm working, I'm working overtime. You know, there were times I'd work overtime and I'd look at my check, like I'd work like 70 hours in a week, like it's crazy, right? Like how you even fit that in? But I just, I just kept going. Like, hey, you know, you could get off or you could keep going. If I could keep going, I'll keep working. I keep working. I look at the check and I'm over here thinking my manager, like, hey, thanks. He's like, well, you, you're the one that worked. I didn't, I didn't work for you. You know, you, you wanted to do this. So yeah, you're, you're welcome. But, but for me, I was like, thank you for giving me the opportunity, <laughs> for giving me the opportunity to like work, right? Because I'm like, this gives me, you know, I'm a hustle. And I didn't, you know, I didn't need a hustle so hard. I was living at mom and pop's. So I was like, I'm not paying any bills. I'm, life is good. But I just, I just, I just had that mentality of hustle. So, so when I got into banking, you know, I'd go to my manager, I'd talk to them and say, hey, what, what do I got to do to get to the next level? And that's always been my mindset. What do I got to do to get to the next level? You know, how long I got to do this? What do I have to do? How do I have to excel in it? Right. And then boom, next level, like, you know, and, you know, so that, I don't know, man, that, so that was, that's what motivates me, man, that just, that's my version of success, right, like, you know, continued growth in, in certain areas, you know, and it's still, and I'm still developing, man, it's crazy, like, I'm, I've been in this for, for quite some time, and I'm still trying to hustle, you know, but now I hustle out of a sense of pride, right, like, having a little man, you know, having a family, wanting to keep what I have and establish more, like, that, that's a newfound, like, and, and I hustle more efficiently. Like, before, it was just kind of, like, putting it out. I think throughout the years, like, I, I start to hustle different. Like, right? Like, I'm, I like, I'm I like that. Yeah, yeah. Hustle more so. efficiently. I like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah man. And that's, and that's yeah, that's the, that's the mindset I have now, man. So I'm more, you know, more dedicated to what I do. Like, you know, when, like, Phil's talking about, you know, like, he's has just kind of just trying to get it done and get out like, you know I'm, I'm trying to you know I'm not gonna lie I'm not the you know I'm not trying I'm not the first one in last one out but you know there are plenty of times I'll, I'll be the last one out like I'll take that last you know task and and handle that and stuff like that but um but yeah it's a mindset man like you guys said you know it, it's not something you could you could really teach in a way it's you just you just gotta you just gotta want it like that. you know you just you just have to you can't just be that, that job man. You gotta that's what it. we were talking about and and, and I, that that's that uh, preaches to that point perfectly. Like you knew you were gonna hustle at something. You wanted to get something for yourself. You wanted to earn it for yourself. You didn't know what it was gonna be. It just happened to be AutoZone. That's where you had started out at and whatnot. And they gave you an incentive plan, and you were like, "I got this. This is mine. I'm going after it." I don't. Yeah. Not everybody's got that mentality. A lot of people got pushed into having their first job. I know I did. I didn't, I didn't, I hadn't had that mentality out of the gate. And, and 
once you finally realize what you can do, once you have that that uh that cash in your pocket and that that individuality and that ability to do what you want, that was a motivating factor for me initially, but I don't, I don't know. And maybe that's maybe that's a problem too. Maybe you guys are going after the wrong age group. If you're going after people that that do have responsibility commitments or whatnot, maybe you would have a different set of mentalities running around that place. Um, it's just know. it's in. I, I used to recruit the commercial division at uh, when I was doing staffing, and it's just one of those things that it's like physically, how long do you want to do certain things? And it's there's nothing that you can say to somebody on like Friday after a long week that that can get. But it's just I know it was tough. Like I know for a fact that you're sore, you're tired, and uh, there's nothing that you can really say to negate that because on Monday there's a long distance move <laughs> that's coming up, and yep. you know it's like it's it's just one of those things that you got to consistently bring in people and showing exactly what the blueprint is going to look like moving forward. Like, what give me a reason to step up more than what you're paying me to do? Like that's the that's the thing that ultimately has to be shown. It's like you have to have some sort of light at the end of the tunnel that I'm reaching for. Otherwise, I'm going to put in my time and I'm going to go home. And that, that's just across the industry with any business at all. Like you just have to make sure that the guys know like what is the benefit to me stepping up. And if we don't have a structure for that, I don't know what to even tell you. Oh, that's what I was getting ready to ask you. All right, so so there is no like stepping stone type of thing yet okay it's like still trying to find the guy like at this point we have a guy that we're trying to make like the crew leader that the guys can go to that's like then if there's some issue that you can't take care of you can bring it to the office or whatever but the guys are so new like you're still gonna you have to run into so much ridiculous stuff before you feel confident like there isn't a situation i walk into that i that i'm like stumbling over my words dealing with somebody because i'm like no I've done something similar we'll we'll take care of it but that time when it first happened <laughs> we know what to do yep. you know and that's not in the training manual or anything like that you're gonna run into a resident that don't want your truck parked in front of their place now you gotta you gotta figure out how to get it down the street with no carts and and stuff like that. Like, there's just things that come up, and you know, telling someone that's like I can't even imagine it from their perspective. I'm standing next to the dude that owns the company, so at the end of the day, if anything happens, I'm telling him about it. He's here, he's seen it. Like for them coming in, and you're sitting next to a couple of people that also just know as much as you do. I'm sure it's a nerve wracking thing. I kind of take it for granted because I walk into like two or three different houses every day and talk to a person I've never met before. But for them, they mean that most of them don't have that kind of experience. I can't fast forward life experience to people either. You know, even based on your job history. But what are you gonna do? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just and, and you know, and it's do? so crazy. It's like you said it too, man. It's like you know, um, I think right now too, there's such a, you know, and I think it's in all. It it can almost I can't say it's in all industries, but when they talk about like this this push for talent, right, in these industries and in different in different people of being employed, you almost you wish you could kind of seek 
more specifically the, the type of people that you would want for your, you know, that respective job, right? But nowadays, you're just trying to get anybody who's not, not anyone, but like, you know, someone who's decent enough to fit the bill because that most ideal candidate is, you know, then they, they're just not the ones, you know, filling out the apps and, and coming through. And, you know, it, it doesn't always happen that way. And because I feel like now, Phil, you could tell me because you've been recruiting. Do you find there's, a, you know, there's a lack of the, the specific qualifications you would, you guys would like, or do you feel like you get that? But, but then, you know, what, what are you experiencing when it comes to actually getting people to work? Probably three out of four interviews don't show up. Like a lot of applications that come in, set up the interview, no call, no show. So it's like that changes the interview process too. Because it's like, oh, we, we showed up. Like you already got a leg up on the competition. Like the, you got to talk your way out of getting hired. <laughs> like, and, and it's just like, it's no rhyme or reason. It's like certain dudes you can kind of look at and you can feel out at talking to them and stuff, like based on their past jobs like if this is really something that you're going to want to do long term because describing it to you versus actually putting you out and doing it is totally different but then you'll get guys it's like oh you know i did landscaping and i did like junk hauling and i did all these different things and they get out and they're like oh we got to actually like wait for the client and 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 walking through senior homes and stuff like that like i like guys that you really think is going to knock out the park that gone in like a week. <laughs> like what is going on, bro? There's so many other yeah. ways to make money in today's times too. Like there's, like, I, I was talking to our operations manager today. I'm like, like from the past probably two months of studying NFTs, I, I'm pretty confident I could make more money sitting at home right now, day trading, just flipping NFTs. Like if you think of what your two week paycheck is versus how much profit very quickly you're able to make. Like I can see why a lot of kids are just like, eh, I'll work part time hours. Like some of the guys that we, we end up getting, I'm like, I don't know how you guys are affording to pay bills and stuff. Like mm -hmm. you <laughs> like I'm working over forty hours and I'm still looking at the bills like I like, I don't understand it, but mm -hmm. No, you're right. You know, so crazy. I was, I was, I was um, browsing today, and I really, you know, it was, it was almost like a meme. But like, you know, what, you know, being a millionaire looks like three years looked like three years ago, and it's, you know, guy sh shirt and tie, and you know, in an office, you know, whatever, um, like somewhere fancy. Versus what it looks like now is, you know, some kid with just some headphones on in front of his computer in his bedroom you know, messy bed, you know, messy bedroom, like, like, because there's, and then, and not to mention this generation, like our, it, even uh, our generation or in, in the coming generation, I can't quote the exact numbers because it, it slipped my mind. Um, but it was, a, it was, a, it was a significant amount of young adults quitting their jobs, right? Because now they're, they're going into entrepreneurship. And it's like what you said, like, they're just like, you know what, I'm not going to, when I look at my paycheck or when I look at the situation, I'm not doing this anymore for, for, for this. When I could, like you and I, like you said it, man, we could probably quit the job, focus on, on our crafts and, and legit be making money off of it. 
and you know wh whatever it may be because this there's so much opportunity and again it goes back to that hustle there is so much opportunity and it's, it's unfortunate at the same time like because there's there's so much going on there's so much hurt and so much pain and so much loss going on right now and inflation and so many things at the same time there's a lot of opportunity there's a lot of opportunity for labor there's opportunity to become you know an expert in, in stock exchange there's a opportunity for your arts and in different things that you're doing like there is so much more opportunity not to make you think about even companies that have that were once in existence that were forced to shut down so now there's the competition is shifting. Like right now, if you're the one creating something, you know, trying to come up, you have the upper hand because the competition that was there before you may not have been sustainable. And so many of them weren't, right? And then they're shutting down. And it's just, you know, I could I could probably start a landscaping business right now. I guarantee you that if I work my, my butt off, it would be by next year, man, this right now, the next year, that joint would be, you know, one of the best, best in town, like, you know, because because they want that like there's a lack of you know talent and there's people who you know if they just do it it's just so many different things yeah there's some but, but at the same time our people don't want to work like that and i'm not talking about our people but i'm talking about people really just don't i don't know i don't know you know i don't know if it's the american way right now like i don't know what's going on right now but people are not looking over and there are some people who are hustling and doing their own thing side business you know that they have going on ventures you know investment and then there are people who are just like, nah, man, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll go work at Rudders or I'll just, like you said, work part-time and not even do anything. It's just, a, it's just a very, you know, lopsided time, but at the same time, there's plenty of opportunity. It's scary though. Like it, it's, it's scary to be in the mentality that like, yes, it is. It's a lot easier to think of like the structured nine to five, I'll just go work at Rudders type of thing, but it's like, looking forward those type of positions are slowly getting not even slowly like getting phased out like the brick and mortar positions that you can automate at some point they get automated like i, I got like an ad about this like uh it's like a robotic pizza maker chain that's basically looks like a big vending machine yeah 800 but, degrees yeah, like you just on your app on your phone, type it in. You know exactly when it's going to be done, boxed up, sitting at the end of it. You just pick it up and go home. Like, why? Why would I? <laughs> like, why would you go to stand in line somewhere and and wait for? Hopefully, this is a good pizza. Like, it's going to be exactly what you want it to be, and that's going to get phased out. Like I, that's not about outlets all the time because I'm I'm always on the road in different places and stuff. I'm like they are ghost towns now. Like the, uh, there's like no Nike stores. Like and when Nike leaves the outlet center, they all leave. Like that's the reason most people show up. Yeah. I don't know, man. Basic, man, you already see the cashiers, like the CVS and Giant and a bunch of those stores were were experimenting with that stuff years ago. Mm -hmm. and, and I always I always consider cashiers to be one of the more important positions in a store because that's technically your gatekeeper for a lot of any and everything whether it's it's uh, security whether it's greeting customers whatever the case may be but they're getting erased you've got just self checkouts everywhere now fast food places are doing it everybody's doing it like gas stations yeah no, no. Like, it's rare that if I have the option to do self checkout I do self checkout 
<laughs> like every time. Yeah, yeah, for real. I, I you know, and again, I went to Mod. So tonight, we went to, we went to Mod Pizza on our way. You know, um, looking at some different things, and um, and then you go there, right? And they have they have you know the dough pre-made essentially, right? Stacked. They have oh, I'm frozen. Can y'all see me now? Yeah. Okay, cool. I thought I was frozen. All right, cool. Um, they had, and then, and it's almost like going to a subway. It almost was like it was like a, a it was almost like a, a a pizza version of subway. Like literally, like what bread do you want? So what 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 pie you know crust or whatever do you want? All right, cool. What toppings do you want? Spread it, boom, boom. All right, and they put it in the brick oven, like you know, the fire oven, whatever. Um, but. At the same time, when we talk about like that 800 degrees, like you, you realize they, they see how many things are so, you know, like schematical, like they're just, they're systematical and, and, and they're just, they just go through a process and it's done. And you're kind of thinking like, I mean, why not phase something like that out? Like, you, you know, almost to the point where you're going, you know, they actually have robotics now that like they've shown you at like a burger joint um, that prepares, you know, because again, it's it's a it's a simplified process. Like it takes the meat, it put it knows how long to keep it on the you know grow for and flip it, and then there's another robotic arm that you know it puts like it's so crazy. Like all these different things that are repetitive and just a, a, a motion, they know how to like phase that out and turn it into a robotic piece. And that's not to even mention the AI technology that's being worked for other things that will come in the future. You know, so it's. Um, you're right, man. It's it's scary, but you know, because there are things that have been in the works way before this. Like I tell you, automation, like banking, they have they have places in San Francisco, like banks that you know where they are pilots for you know the future of of, of these brick and mortar. Where there are always going to be some people who want to go into a brick and mortar. So it'll be like imagine going into an office of like ATMs or something, and then having a virtual assistant like to help you with certain things that you need done because it can, it's. Yeah. I'm already seeing those advertisements about investing. You can get, you can download the app for whatever bank it is or whoever you're working with, and then it makes investment decisions and stuff for you on the fly. I'm like, is that really how it's supposed to be? <laughs> like, there's an algorithm for that too. Like, how yeah. how how secure is that really? I don't understand that. It's, it's probably a lot more secure than the decisions that you would make with that money. That like that's that that's one the the NFT that I the project that I was just looking at. That that's basically it's like the bot that it's creating. If you get the NFT, you get the license to this bot that day trades automatically based on the sales that are going on in the market, and they're like they're gonna get the up to date trends and everything quicker than you would like yeah. it wouldn't be a, yeah. like, if it works it, it's like works. you're phasing yourself out of the finance <laughs> to, a degree, to a degree you are you are man you really are so for example like i have i use m1 finance m1 finance is it's a brokerage um it's one of the ones that i use but i'll tell you about this one like especially for people who are beginners right so it's m1 finance so what it does is that it's all and it, it, it's all virtual in a sense like there's no brick and mortar so here's a crazy side if god forbid let's just say that thing is wiped out the face of the earth tomorrow okay um and, and i know that even if it did there they had to, you know there there are different things that had to happen but let's just say they disappeared out of existence like let's find a way 
to say that some kind of malware someone put on and there's no record of this brokerage firm. You lose everything you have. It's just gone. And you, you can't you can't file a police report and say, hey, this was M1 Finance. They're like, hey, look, we we don't know. You, like, there's no record. Of it. Like, tons of people could say, no, we had this. Like, we literally cannot find any record of M1 Finance. We don't know what you're talking about. You know, sorry, we don't. You know what I mean? And 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 that's the crazy because there's no brick and mortar. There's just no way to you know no way to prove it. If it's gone, unless you kept like receipts or tax stocks, whatever. But anyways, that's one side. Then there's the flip side. Let's talk about more positive side where we talked about this too, right? Where they have bots essentially that can create highs of portfolios for you. Like it, you know, whether, whatever you want to invest, hey, I want to do elect, you know, the technology industry. I want to do the hospitality or whatever it is, dividends. And it knows how to, it knows how to pull all of them for you. It creates it for you based on the, you know, whatever you ask for. And then it can run the algorithm, run the highest, you know, moving units, whatever. And then you just put the dollar amount and then invest for you. And then later on, let's just say that money makes a certain amount of money. Then you could, it'll automatically take that money and then reinvest it and buy more stock for you. Like you just wake up and, you know, like say, for example, I get paid with dividends, right? I get paid through dividends in some of my stocks. So when my dividends reach a certain amount, right, this is what the company's paying me for owning their stock. And then their stock increases, so does my share, so then my sh I get paid all, you know, from their performance. So then it, it reaches a dollar amount, and then when it reaches a certain dollar amount, the, sy the system, the platform automatically reinvests the money for me and, and picks out the best stocks according to what it is that I want. And I've not done anything. So, and that automatically removes me from the equation. Right, like all I gotta do is just put money and trust this thing to just do the work. This, this is what people would pay advisors for. Like this is this is the kind of service that you pay top dollar to have, you know. And again, it doesn't. You can't have a converse. That's the difference, though. You just can't. You can't have a personal relationship with it or a conversation with it, right? You, whereas you could have that with an advisor. But at the same time, everything that the advisor essentially is doing in that as in that regard, or your investment banker, it does it for you. I mean, you got to think about what we're talking about here. Like, for the longest time, we were worried about, like, we were just talking about grunt work. We're talking about, like, physical, hard labor being replaced mm -hmm. by robots and AI yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But we're flipping that. We're like, okay, what about decision-making positions? <laughs> it's like... <laughs> right, right. Like, exactly. how necessary are we going to be That's in the crazy. next, like, 10 to 20 years? That's insane. I mean, we're talking about, like, people's prized possession like you can't retire unless you've invested enough or you've saved enough unless you want to keep working until the day you die we're talking you gotta, about you almost, you almost got to be a doctor or or an engineer or you know or or i think we'll, we'll still have forever need pilots like we'll need like you know again like doctors and all i mean I, i'm not it'll be it would be centuries before i probably would step onto a plane that has no pilot like physical pilot in it you know but eventually, but they're trying to, you know, they're eventually trying to get that, you know, because they have drones on, you know, like you said, important decision-making, you know, but there are some of those folks that you can't replace the architectures or, the, you know, because um, you could design it, but you need somebody to, you know, I think there's some things that people, you can't replace people with, um, or you can't replace, you know, people with robots, but um, yeah, man, but a lot of, yeah, but a lot of the other stuff, man. 
but even doctors like there's there's i mean you we can laugh and joke about it but tony stark <laughs> was like using this nanotechnology whatever you want to call it these little micro robot robots to to build his suit of armor they're experimenting with that with removing tumors and removing blockages in people's arteries and stuff like that like and if it went you know the scary minimally thing is, invasive when yeah. it works when it works it's probably better than a human yeah for sure there's no emotion there it's and just they, facts. It's there's no life. yeah there's no i had a bad day i had an off day no shaky hand like they, they, that Neuralink chip that they're talking about the it was supposed to be designed so people with artificial limbs can control their like fingertips and stuff and now it's like well what if we put in a chip that whatever you think you like, it's basically you have google in your head <laughs> like where that would there ever be a reason like think of how much like getting a calculator was so huge technologically <laughs> like and then it goes into the phone it gets real simple and everything imagine just in whatever you want to uh, to come up with whatever question you have you you have it already like does that equal the playing field if everyone, I mean, we already have that information. Like if, if it's on Google, it's the only thing they saved me was about 15 seconds worth of time. So I don't think that it makes like the general population like now everybody's going to be supercomputers. Like now you, you could have found out where Egypt was. Like you, you, you could have Googled that. <laughs> like, but that's why, like that's, that's on the near future though. That's the horizon. And there's going to be people that sign up to do it. There's gonna be people that jump on that plane. Absolutely, I guarantee that that those tickets are gonna go for so much more. We're about to be in auto, uh, autonomous vehicles, so putting a plane in the air, they going Yep, it's happening yep. whether we want to or not. That's why another NFT. I'm looking at NFT projects to hold, like things that I actually believe in, because I flipped a couple of them, made like a quick fifty bucks. Like that was easy. I can do that. Like that's cool. Like it's it's real easy if you look at the market and see who's buying and selling the quickest and get it at the lowest price. Look at the traits and everything is a little more rare. I'll up it up to 0.7, get the 0.5 in the mid. Like, all right, I'll go buy another NFT with it. But I got a couple projects that I'm just like, these have the potential to be blue chip projects. Like the one like Alpha Gorillas, I just got my second one of those. Like they have I heard about the Alpha Gorillas. Bro, the the they just put the trailer out with the Unreal engine and stuff, and it's like as a player in the game, you have to rent an Alpha Gorilla. If you didn't, if you don't have one of the NFTs to play in the game, you have to rent it. So I get paid every time you use my my Gorilla. So the dudes that got like the legendary traits and stuff, they're gonna be getting paid. Like that's I look at the utility, how much I'm gonna get back on the one project. Uh, it's like the sister project of uh, the degenerate uh, apes, which their floor price right now is like 50k. And I just got one for, it was like basically braced on like 150 bucks. And I, turned, I looked on it today and it's already up to 220 bucks. I'm like, I'm chilling on this. <laughs> Yo, big fact. Yeah, they came yeah. out three months ago. Like in three months, <laughs> now if I sell the cheapest one is 50K. And it's going to yeah. sell because I can put it at the floor price and someone's going to buy it. Like, right. it's wild. No, it is wild. You know, and then there's, and, and you know, again, I, I, I spoke to the dividend and this is, like me, I know that I should be taking advantage of some of this stuff, you know, and I, 
and I, I had I have plans to is just trying to you know but sometimes you kind of like like you said right now you know a few months ago I was already seeing some of this stuff like one of the ones that captured my eye and and still pops up every now and then I don't and I didn't know you could buy essentially fractional shares which is such a great thing that was is, is new these days that never existed before you know you used to buy you used to have to buy a whole share thing but anyways um, is that some of them like say for example I think it's um I don't know if it's Meta Baby or something like that. It's it, one of them, you know, for, for Metaverse, pays you dividends. Like you own that NFT and, it, and it, it'll pay you dividends, like just by holding on to it. And as it, again, as it grows, like that kind of stuff, like, you know, you have the people that, yeah, they're, they're going to try to just flip them. And you have the people like, no, I'll just hold on to these. Because these are the things, again, man, you know, it's, it's not it's not essentially, it, it's for us in a sense. We could participate in it, but it's really going to be, you know, the little ones, man, the, the, they are the ones that you do. This is essentially like once you're kind of comfortable and you see what's going on, you essentially, it's almost like having bonds for them in, of the, for the future. Because that's what old folks used to do. They used to leave bonds for their grandchildren, children, whatever. These, this is going to be the new version of bonds, right? Where you're leaving them crypto, you're leaving them NFTs, you, you know, you're leaving some of the other, you know, structures that are in place now. This is for that. This part is for that. You know, we still own, we still, our generation still gets the stocks and stuff. And again, we could participate with that big money when you hold, learn what to hold on to. They're going to be the ones like really capitalizing on it. I still don't get this stuff, man. Like, what is it backed by? A dollar is backed by gold, but what's an NFT or a crypto backed by? I mean, it's so the big boy is going to be Bitcoin. And then you're looking at, at this point, I'm looking at Solana, which, Ethereum is like the Nike when it comes to like the NFT space. And then Solana is the one that everybody is looking at. Like they're coming up and trying to be like the Adidas. And so a lot, I think someone compared to like, the, is it going to become like the Visa? So Ethereum is what the popular thing is. It's trading for probably right now, it's like 2,800, which is down from like 4,000 like a month ago. Um, but those, that's the more popular platform to use OpenSea, and you're essentially buying things. You're you're paying you're paying money for the coin. You transfer it into your digital wallet, and your digital wallet is where all your NFTs are. Uh, if you're going to buy it from a different platform, you just connect your wallet, and you can trade and buy and stuff from there. But essentially, like the idea behind it is like we've been using NFTs for years. Like if you think about um a skin in 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 fortnite or uh like something that you're buying uh, uh grand theft auto when you're buying a shark card that has no real life value it had value to you though fifty dollars or a hundred dollars whatever for those points to use in game so like right. these nfts like you can think of it the exact same way like yes you can take a screenshot of my my uh lunaroid nfts that's great but you can't go and resell that to anybody. There's no platform for you to go resell your screenshot. I have the one of this 6,000 collection that has this serial. It's, it's on the blockchain. There's no denying this transaction. This is the official one. I can use it for any print that I want. Like I'm going to put, that's going to be my new artwork is the NFTs that I'm picking up because I'm buying them based on the looks and the, and the upside of them. But it increases in value because they're not making any more in that collection. So 
each one that I'm holding right now, all of them have utility. So like the Lunaroids that I said, like for every two, I get the next collection that they're dropping in a month. And in the Discord is like where I live at this point. Each one of the projects have their own Discord channel. So if you hold one, you get your specialized chat. You're talking to everybody else that holds one. We had to vote to see how many of the uh, the next collection is going to come out. You, you're talking to the the owners of the projects, the moderators or whatever, directly making decisions. And the more you have, the more votes that you get and everything. So it's it's that Twitter world. It's really like it's a every group has their own like inside chat so you know what's going on, upcoming announcements and stuff like that. But again though, like Gene was talking about earlier, so if the world's servers just went up in smoke, they they had no electricity running to them, and they no longer function. What's backing those NFTs? What's no, no, backing? It'd be, it'd be gone. It'd yeah, be gone. Everything. You know what I mean? Like what? And 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 I get the value. Everything is popular, so popularity somehow correlates to the value of these 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 bit these credits, basically these digital credits or whatever. So it's like, how is that a lasting thing? Like that's the, that, I know that was always the big argument. How is this a lasting? Is this just a phase that people are going through? This is a new trading card. You you don't you don't you don't see built like the big companies getting into a space that's going to be a phase. Like when when Facebook switched over to Meta, like uh we're in for it. And then every day you look up on the news and it's another group that like Adidas and I think it's like Adidas and Prada have a collection that's coming out. Um, I can't remember what it, what it is, but it actually has physical items that you get and stuff. Like, that's another part of the NFTs. It's like, you do get the image, but you also get, like, the one group I have, I get a 3D model of the NFT that I got and stuff like that. Like, there's other things that they give out. But yeah, the actual NFT itself lives in a digital wallet. Like, that that piece of the blockchain that you're never going to be able to touch it. But if that's where everything is going, then if it all falls apart, then everything, every person's going to be in the exact same spot. <laughs> like, yeah, it's it is what it is. Yeah, yeah, and 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 again, it, it is that. And if you notice that too, a lot of it is driven by we said the popularity. It, a lot, the way I again I talk to the, our generation of the millennials, whatever you want to call them, um, from with the next one. Um, it's a lot of it is emotion and and now there's a creative space but like say for example when things were when the pandemic was like really you know at this at this height it was just dating back a few months ago maybe you know summertime of, of last year so um the whole GameStop thing right GameStop's going crazy now if you're anyone who knows anything about anything pretty much you would know like it's like you would ask yourself, why in the world is GameStop going crazy right now? Like, what in the world did they don't they don't have a new platform coming out? They don't have a new way of doing things. You mean somebody? What, what are you? What? Like, what sense did that make? But people were just, oh, I hear GameStop's going crazy. Let's invest. GameStop's the stuff right now. I'm telling you, everybody's talking about GameStop. But, but for what? Like, what are they bringing to the table? What innovative thing are they, do they have going on? What are they offering? Nothing. That that was the power of Reddit. That's all that was. Like, if you follow Wall Street bets on Reddit, you knew it was coming. It was basically like, guys, we love GameStop. We all grew up in GameStop. Look at this. Let's go off. And that's all. It, there really was no plan. There was no announcement GameStop yeah. made. Like, we're going digital. No, it was just, right. let's all do it. 
<laughs> Let's yeah. just drive see, and, then, and, and again, and that's perfect because I didn't know that. And then you look at something like Dogecoin. Again, that was something, a meme. Like, mm-hmm. just, kind of, you know what I mean? And then all of a sudden it started going crazy. And, you know, and people talking about, but then, and again, we talk about this again to interest. That's the other downside of the generations. They, they switch. It's, it's almost like, it's almost like when I think about my music now, I make my music, I'm not like, here. I mean, I used to, I used to be like, yo, man, I have to make three minute tracks. I have to make sure this track is three minutes. Now I'm like, man, if this joint's just a second over two, I'm, I'm cool. <laughs> All I need to do is make two minute tracks. I'm, I'm good, you know, because again, it, it takes energy and it takes a lot, you know, to, to but I'm like, man, in the, and I say that, right, because it's, it's about how long people keep focused now. Like, they don't want, you know what I mean? People aren't really, you know, you might as well start going back to picture books because you got to really do a lot to hold people's attention these days. So it's the same thing with the stocks. And the, and, and again, I'll call it the NFTs. I'll call it the, the, the crypto. You know, once people start kind of like fizzling, then all of a sudden it starts to drop because all of it is, is driven by emotion and it's driven by trends, you know? It's, yeah, so there's, there's really nothing backing what's going on there. You know, it's just all about emotions and trends, and you know, oh, this seems hot now. Boom, people are doing it. But I just, I look at it like I don't want to let the internet pass me by. Like, it, like when we were younger and people were like, oh, this internet thing or whatever. Like, there was no chance. Like, dad at the house with the Windows for Dummies book. There's no way in the world he would have thought in a few years you're going to be taking your credit card. And putting your info in <laughs> and it's going to show up to you tomorrow at the house like no contact is going to be there you'll get a notification on your phone like the like the people that invested at that point yeah. and it actually took off because like the investment that i'm making the reason i went solana is because it is so low but i'm just like a lot of the guys that i that i research are that like if i had a thousand dollars right now to get started i wouldn't be looking at ethereum i'd be looking at solana because that's like gary v just put his book out on solana like that's the next one that's like who's going to be the big blue chip one like who's going to be the board ape yacht club on solana and so like i'm looking at those projects and thinking like I'm looking at all these guys that have, are minting these projects when they first come out. Normally, when you mint them, you're the first one. They may mint it at like 0.5 or something like that. It's going to be cheaper than the public auction. That's when the everybody can jump in. So a lot of times, though, you got to be in the Discord. You got to be active level 20 to get the whitelist. And then when it goes out, you can make some money. I jumped into one that's that was two sold. So like a $200 project, but the artwork is so beautiful. I was like, it's going, it's, it's, it's the best looking artwork I've seen on any project that's on this. So at some point it's going to catch on. It's going to get big. All these dudes, they had a failed launch. Like the Solana network had problems. Everybody's having issues transferring money and stuff. And it, it stalled the, the launch. All the dudes started selling it immediately. So I've got, I got three of them now. Uh, they started selling for like 0. 0.5, 0. 0.6 and stuff. And then Solana, and then they put out a message to anybody that kept holding that you get a free, uh, the second collection. And because I went and got three of them, I'm going to end up getting more than these guys that immediately sold. And because you got out of the market, that collection is only going to be like two, 
3,000 of them total. So that one's going to be that much more special. Like you, if you have a short term thinking that I'm just going to sell, I'm just going to get this and flip it for 10 grand. There's a possibility. If you if you mint, you don't know what you're going to get though. You could get the most rare one, or you could get the most common. That's the chance you get when you're minting. It's like playing the lottery. You could get one that sells for 50k right off the bat. You really could. I just sold all of my uh, NBA moments because the UFC started doing theirs. Like I hadn't sold any NFTs yet, and I was just like, let me just see what this is like. And I put a Carmelo Anthony one up, and it sold 25 bucks like in five minutes. I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> that pack cost me nine dollars. It gave me three moments. I sold the Carmelo for twenty. I knew I was gonna make my money back. I was like nine bucks. I got three cards. All of them are selling for over six dollars already. So I've already doubled up if I sell for eighteen. Mm -hmm. All right. I put them up. Steph Curry sold for twenty something. Like I, I showed Jackie. I was like, I got one hundred fifty dollars in my my account right now. And I was checking my PNC. I was like, I didn't think I deposited it. I didn't do anything. It just popped up on the screen. I was like, man, this is they're doing <laughs> stuff works bro yeah, just works. you just reminded me of something i was in my little bit of research of this uh this whole electronic age and digital age or whatever uh somebody interviewed kevin o'leary uh because apparently his background was huge in tech so for him a lot of his investments and stuff still are based in that that uh area and he said his big thing when it comes to crypto and NFT business is what, what Gene was saying. What does this company bring to the table besides this currency and stuff? What technology, what new technology are they bringing to the table that's going to have a long-term value? Because right. he's like, it's it's one thing to be, to be hot or whatever, but when I go and meet with these people, because he's like, I'll go out of my way to go and fly somewhere. If they're in Jersey, if they're in Nevada, wherever they are. If they're doing something that's just unique and different and these guys are programming and they're kicking ass and they're they're showing me what they're capable of, I'm investing that day when I show up because I know they're going to come up with something that's going to be so innovative that it doesn't matter what the currency is and all this kind of stuff. They're going to bring a product that a whole bunch of other companies are going to be able to use. Yeah. So that to me was like, okay, that's what this is really about. This is almost like the space race. How fast can we come up with a program that's safe and secure and allows people to transfer money from here and there and trade and do business and stuff within seconds and efficiently do it and not have shutdowns and stuff that they have to announce on Twitter or whatever that they're down for a week or whatever? Like, how sharp are these people? It's that's, that's what you start seeing these like department stores and stuff like oh well we're gonna start accepting crypto on like ebay and stuff like that and like well that's the easiest way to try and get the younger demographic like if, if you really want to get into that but if the more streamlined you make it like the uh, me on solana you can't trade on OpenSea, which is like the biggest uh nft marketplace it's all ethereum stuff now they just announced that they're bringing over my digital wallet and uh solana to that side so now you just opened up this small window of like it's a it's still a huge it's a 1.8 billion dollar uh market for for solana it's like 36 billion or something like that for OpenSea. so jumping over on OpenSea, you open up all these projects that i'm getting into now you got a bunch of dudes with ethereum money that are looking at solana like wait one soul is 97 dollars I'm going to buy a bunch of these. That's going to drive up the price of a lot of these uh, 
NFTs. Like Jackie got up and she was she gets up and feeds the dogs in the middle of the night. I came back because I, I finally went up and laid down because I heard her walking around. It's like I don't want to wake her up. I laid down. I'm just sitting there thinking because I just left the Discord and I'm thinking of the different projects and stuff. And she comes down and she's like, "What do you think about?" I was like, "I'm thinking about the fact that I'm essentially." If, if if projects work out, I have the opportunity to hand somebody, uh, our our kid a Basquiat. Like, do what you want with it. At the bare minimum, sell it for 60K. <laughs> or hold on to it because that company is going to be crazy. Like, if you think of an NFT, don't think of it as a, a, a picture. Think of it as uh, an entertainment company. Think of it as an opportunity to do bigger things because I'm only investing in the ones that I believe in long term and What's your vision? Everyone's got a whitelist, uh, uh, a roadmap. It's the one project I jumped into that has this beautiful artwork, I hated the roadmap. I didn't want to get into it because of that, but I'm like, I started taking a step back. I'm like, it's because these guys are real artists trying to figure out NFTs. On the other side, my degenerate trash pandas club, their sister company's got 50K. And then they created the trash plan. So I know they already got a roadmap linked up. But these lunaroids, though, they're so good. On I'd rather bank on this artist. I think that they're going to do well also. So I, I want to invest in it. But the Alpha Gorillas already have a video game with the Unreal Engine. So they're not thinking of, I'm just going to give you a picture. They're already telling you they've got an app coming out that I can breed my uh, gorillas and get traits from higher ranks and stuff like that. You, they already have a plan for the next collection coming out. And if you're going to put out a video game that you earn in the video game, that has potential to go crazy. I'm looking yeah. at the ones that have video games coming out, the ones that Board Ape Yacht Club now has uh, a recording company. They got a music label. They've got an animated series coming out. They got a clothing brand. So that's not just a picture of an ape. Now that could be supreme. That could be whatever. Now you you can wear that on your merch and stuff like that. Like that's your ape that you can. I could I, I can put an AKA on the side of my Lunaroid and that's my shirt, and sell it for profit as long as I hold that NFT. Like there's so many bigger things that come out of it. Like I'm my next one that I'm getting is uh it's an NFT that's it's billboards in the metaverse, and I'm gonna mint it so I could get a huge billboard, or I could get a little one, but. I can put my AKA brand on that billboard in the midst of that city. So then when you click it, you're in the, you're in the metaverse in the AKA store. Like those billboard spaces that's are exactly. a finite amount, bro. <laughs> like, like that's a utility you know. there. Like not all NFTs are mm -hmm. the same. They got all different types. And, and that's the other thing too, man, when you said you were talking about, you know, the music and different things like, so there is that. And then again, to, to Don's point again, what's the backing? So see, these are starting, you, you have those things that you talked about. Now that's strong backing versus someone who's just legit. Like there were do there was a dude not too long ago. He legit just as a again one of those memes or jokes. He took he had like dozens of photos of himself, and they were just self like uh, just a regular selfie, like not you know just like whatever. Imagine a screenshot of me with just different color background. He sold them as NFTs. Maybe and he sold you know a million dollars worth. I mean, that's a million million. Dollars. The kid, uh, from, worth. He's the kid from like Indonesia, or like India, or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Yep, that's right. Millionaire, yep. twenty-one years Millionaire. old. Millionaire. Yeah. Insane. I don't understand. Like, it went viral. It was like six hundred pictures or something like that of the same, and he wasn't smiling. He was just sitting there, like before. Just right there, every single picture, the same one, but just a different backdrop, like different tone, whatever. 
and then sold them. In it, like nuts, nuts. And then, but and, I, I don't and, understand. Like what? I know. What's I know, the buying frenzy? Like what? The, what the, made it, him what, doing what, that special what, enough for people to be like, I'm going to spend my money on this? Like I don't Phil understand. said, man. What Phil said, it just went viral. Like that's just because because again, when I talked to you about earlier, what's this? People are starting to talk about this, like GameStop. Oh, okay, boom. It's the same, it's emotion. Everybody's like, this is hot and we gotta get on it. And then because so many, because people have gotten rich or whatnot, see what's happening with all of this is everyone is trying to catch that. When I talked about earlier about, it's so much easier to become a millionaire. Like even if I didn't say that verbatim, I'm saying that now, it is so much easier to become a millionaire right now. but you, but still, but now everyone's trying to figure that out. So everyone, the minute something is hot and talked about, people are trying to jump on the wave, on the wave because they're like, we don't want to miss the Bitcoin trend again. Like we don't want to miss when Bitcoin was at, you know, three dollars or whatever, five bucks or whatever, and then we missed it. Now we're gonna try and jump on everything. And so some things aren't back. But then you have someone like Nas. He's the only one I reference him because he's the only one so far I've heard something similar something and maybe phil could make it make more sense or you just it, it is what it is but like like he he's selling it's almost like he's selling um it's almost like sh- selling shares of his masters of like say for example if he has one mic and you 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 sell and again i could be wrong in how this is but the general concept you'll understand is you sell shares of your master of a track and then as an nft and then you get paid. Every time he gets paid for royalties, you get paid. So now his track he sells essentially as a as an NFT. So now I can own a one mic, and every time one mic plays, I get paid. See, that but, makes sense to me. Right, and then that makes the sense. Instant- that, that's like that's like somebody that has a brilliant idea for a business, and they're asking for investors to back him in order to right. launch his idea. That makes exactly. sense. It makes There's sense, already right? a value to, to his master's catalog. Right, right. And his name, right. his brand. And his name. And his, right, exactly. All of that, all of that. And here's, the, here's what makes him, him and whoever else is doing it that, that has that, that celebrity status, if you will, right? Or that notoriety, right? Just like that kid in India, wherever he was from, you know, um, people were just like, this is hot. We we just want it right now. He makes a million. So Nas can make the money up front because the minute he starts selling the NFT, people are like, well, we want this. And now he sold a couple million while you're holding on to it in hopes to make of making a couple million later. Kind of like the same kid. The kid just became a millionaire. You're not a millionaire. You're hoping that holding on to this kid's NFT are gonna make are gonna make you money either soon or later, but he's already made the money up front. You know, you see what I'm saying? Okay. So like, from- like, and that's what Tory Lanez did when he sold his NFT. He sold a million NFTs at a dollar a piece. So he immediately celebrated. It was like 10 minutes. It sold out. I don't even think it was 10 minutes, but it sold out. And he's jumping around at, in his pool and stuff, spraying champagne. He's like, I just made a million dollars. And I'm so proud of you guys. I'm happy for you because y'all are going to go make money. The funny thing is, when you when you're the artist that made that NFT, he sold it to you for a dollar, but he probably got like seven percent royalty every time that was traded. Mm. So every time that, that was trading sold, aspect. Yeah, 
you got it for so say for like Solana that he got you got it for one Solana. There was only a million that went out. They're gonna put it back on the market, whatever floor they want to create. If they want to say I'm gonna put it out of two Solana or whatever. Whenever that's purchased, that's still one less out of that that million that's available. Like that 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 number is not gonna go anywhere. So as long as people are holding them, you're hoping as many people as possible hold on to there. So there's only like a hundred listed. And that'll drive up the price of them and everything. But again, he makes seven percent every time they sell. And you mm-hmm. think of it as like if you think of it like a Kickstarter, like that board eight yacht club, when they sold their first collection, they're already showing you the roadmap of what they're planning on doing with the money that they made from that collection. They're gonna give back 20% of the royalties to everybody that's holding. We're gonna give 10% to this charity, and then we're gonna fund the video game with this percent. And then it goes, and then you you see the road, they give you their business plan. And I'm right. I'm getting right. from artists that are like, are, well, he worked on Nickelodeon. He he was the animator for Netflix series, this and stuff. Like they're established artists typically. That kid in India just went viral because it's like this kid has it, it goes viral because it makes people talk. Like he wait, he made an NFT of just a bunch of pictures of himself. And it's like it probably went from joke to this kid's got a million followers. And now all of a sudden, I'm going to have that picture on the wall. And someone's like, why you got that kid? He's like, dude, that's a great story to tell whoever asked you. Why is there a kid, a random kid from India on your wall? They like, go, oh, that kid's a millionaire, actually. Like, it, yeah. it's, yeah. yes, I, I, <laughs> I get the hype. But it's a status, yeah. Yeah. too. Like, the Board Ape Yacht Club, you can go to their private events if you're part of, if you own one of those. Oh, wow. and that means you may be chilling on a yacht with Steph Curry and LeBron. Or Jimmy Fallon, because he has one. Like, the, only those holders get the right to go to those places. The Alpha Gorillas, some of the holders, uh, I think they send one person to, like, the Safari. Like, yeah. there's there's perks to, to being in it. But it really is like a Kickstarter, though. You're funding their stocks. <laughs> like, yep. If yep. you look at it that way. Yeah. So, it's just fun it's, it's fun now, now i am on twitter and, and discord and stuff it's like my immediate place to check because it's also like the world is on there so you can yeah. like all right guys i'm heading to bed like bro i just got up <laughs> like, like <laughs> but it's cool because you you're all in the same boat like we want this project to succeed what can we do to make it succeed like, it, it's pretty cool yeah. it is very cool it's very cool it's a lot of different cool things that you can do with it let me show you what I uh, screen real quick. Yeah, this is my my Lunaroid that I'm going to blow up and put on. I got two of them, but it's like the most detail of any of the NFTs that I've seen on the space. So it's basically you get this one collection that each one of them have a different trait. It's like the artist will basically do a bunch of layers and the computer will automate which NFT gets this one and stuff like that. So like, it'll be more and more rare traits and everything, but like the golden axe is, is rare, but the next one will be completely different. But I got those and these are the, uh, the alpha gorillas. Nice. I got this one on the mint and I was just like, whatever, I'm gonna go buy another one. And I just sniped this one. Cause there's only, I have this whole collection. There's like 10 that, have that shirt on so i got it for cheaper than the one that i originally minted but i could probably make more money on that so this is straight up like pokemon cards 
<laughs> I mean, <laughs> there's gonna be like the top dogs, like like of the gorillas. Some of them were wearing like Super Saiyan stuff, and one gold with big wings and stuff like that. And immediately they posted it for like a thousand Solana. Like if you want to get this, you have to pay me a lot of money for this project. But uh, it's it's so interesting to me. And like the, there's so many things that you you can jump into the floor of Disney right now. Like you, if Disney came out in 2021, they would have started out with an NFT collection. And that they would have been like Mickey Mouse or something like that. And they developed the children's show off of that. And all of a sudden it becomes something bigger and bigger. And then they release the next one. Like that's that's what's happening currently. And I just don't want to miss that wave at all. I'd be so mad in a year if I'm sitting there playing Alpha Gorillas online. Like, man, I got to pay <laughs> some kid in his basement right now to play with this Alpha Gorilla. Right. <laughs> no, nah, I, I, I wouldn't be happy about that. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh oh, man. it call? sounds like oh, i'm gonna be the last one jumping on this plane i'll let y'all i'll let y'all be the guinea pigs man y'all let hey, me know man. how this pans out look man in this right now in these times man there's so many different things that are jumping sometimes i feel like too you know so crazy because i think since i started hearing about this nft thing and we're talking about mining and all you know they're there has been some some lopsided to the crypto like world to the crypto space like like the NFTs have interrupted crypto a little bit like I feel like you know because again when I talk about emotion when I talk about the trend you know all of a sudden all I'm hearing is is NFTs NFTs you know so then and not to mention what's going on with crypto is that you know there's a whole mining issue that's going on like you know they've and this is bigger than it's 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 almost like it's almost like smuggling drugs, right? Like you know, it's it's almost in the same space because that cryptocurrency has it has ultimately an exchange rate, like you can exchange it for for actual dollars. Um, and then so people are there's illegal mining of crypto, different things. So there's hard there's it's hard to put some certain regulations. That's why you you know you'll you, you'll see, you know, a bus go down of someone in a basement somewhere, you know, it's like botany, like they have a ish ton of servers and, of, you know, and things going on where they're mining crypto, right? And then they're trying to, so it's, so the government's having a hard time, like people are trying to, like there are places where they're stopping certain things and going on with crypto. But this right here is kind of like in a cooler space where it's it's different, but there's still you know the minting and things of it, but it's it's not the same as like that whole crypto. So so when people start investing in something different, there's always it's all it's almost already so cluttered in a sense, right? There's crowdfunding, there's the investments for real estate. Because now there's innovative ways to invest in real estate. Now we're talking NFTs, and we're talking crypto, and then we're talking you know um, like we talked about innovations, the 800 degrees, like you know there's there's that new technology of different things and ideas that's going on. So there's so much going on that at times it takes away from, like say for example, like Odell Beckham, you know, I think he'll be fine, but he lost mm -hmm. so much money, right? You guys know about that. He lost so much money. Yeah, because he decided to take his salary this last year in crypto. And in crypto, all of a sudden, his, his dropped significantly. Like crypto in general, he did it in Bitcoin. He did Bitcoin. But 
all of it has dropped significantly. Um, so now he took a loss. But that loss doesn't mean it's it's forever that if he decides to go and sell it now and the next thing you know, things start to turn around again. Like Elon Musk is like, Bitcoin is the future. You know, kind of like we talked about Reddit kind of things. A couple people hype it up, it's gonna just boost right back up again. Like kind of mm-hmm. like he had, you know, like he was doing with Doge. So it doesn't mean that he should bail. But at the same time, it's it's about that energy, it's about that interest, it's about that, you know, that trend, it's about what's going viral, it's about all of that. So this is this is that in, environment we're in. And kind of like to Phil's point when he's being able to trade and do certain things. Once if Alpha Gorillas comes out with a new, you know, a new design on them, then Phil's Alpha Gorilla, you know, NFT automatically is gonna catch attention. It's gonna catch, because it's it's general, generally we're talking about Alpha Gorilla. It doesn't matter if they were Super Saiyan or the black shirt with, you know, with a, with a pink, you know, tag on it. We're still talking Alpha Gorilla. So once that's catching wave, then that's gonna catch wave. And then there might be opportunity for that, or you sit on it. But all of it in general is just, it's all about these emotions. That's what everyone's driving off of right now. But and then it'll take off, you know, the interest will keep going in different places. So you got to just know when to to do something with it. Or if you just say, you know what, it doesn't matter what's happening. I'm just sitting there. But that's, so it, it kind of tells you itself, man. It tells you what's going on. It's a different, yeah, man. It's like Phil said, it's fun if you're when you're getting on this, but there'll all be there'll always be something, man. You may not always catch it at the bottom, but there'll always be something. Yeah. I mean, even if you bought into one of these projects right now, and like I, some of the guys that followed, like, bro, I just got a, a board eight, it was 17k. Like at that level, he flipped it for 23,000 like within a day. That's great. So even at that level you can think you're going to make money, but it's like, if you let it get too far ahead of you, like, like you said, that Alpha Girl, once they release that second collection and mine becomes that much more rare because that you can't, there's no more of the original collection to make that from. Now I'm going to have one that's going to be unique to even people that jumped in after the mint. They can't get that unless they buy it directly from me. So it's like, you're just, you just keep building with whatever you believe in. You know, I don't want to invest in a project that I don't like the artwork. And it's helped because it's like, if I see it and I think that there's something there, I look further into it. Cause there's so many, it's just blown up. Like as crypto, like Bitcoin dropped, NFTs had the biggest month ever in January. So it's it's like the numbers don't, because I think of it as like, all right, well, if I'm Odell and Nganu did the same thing, like half of like part of his contract for this last fight this past weekend was in crypto too. But it's like, yes, I have Solana and it's falling in value, but that project still costs two Solana. So I'd much rather buy more Solana while it's $80, $75 than when, if it goes back up to 200 Because that two Solana for that project now became a $400 buy-in as opposed to right now that it cost me like 150 or something like that. And worst case scenario on the projects that I'm investing in, all right, well, I'll sell it for exactly what I got for it, and it's still going to go off the market. Well, let me ask this question. What's the point of of a person asking for their salary in a cryptocurrency or an NFT package or whatever versus you just being paid in dollars and you buying it yourself? I don't understand. If if I'm trying to drive up the value of Bitcoin, I'm and I'm Odell, 
I'm telling people, bro, I believe in this so much that I'm willing to take 750K in Bitcoin straight. Don't even give it to me in cash. Little baby mm -hmm. just uh, had a video that went by on, it was him at like the jewelry store or something. He's like, I'm getting rid of all my cash. I want nothing but crypto. And he was just talking to like the teller and it was a person recording or whatever. And, and every video kept popping up. Baby said, he don't even want cash anymore. He's doing everything crypto. <laughs> Because yeah, at the end of the day, like they're opening up all these Bitcoin ATMs and stuff. And if I wanted to, like I, I was telling Jackie, I like, I really don't want to get into how much I was buying these things for. <laughs> but I was just like, at the end of the day, I can liquidate this in a few hours. Or if I just am holding Solana, I can cash out and it gets into my bank account in one or two business days. So if I really saw like the, the end was coming or something like that, I could just convert it. I could even convert it to US coin. That's on like your Coinbase or whatever trading uh, app you're using. You can put it over to a sustainable piece so you can make it in the US dollar if you want. It doesn't have to be sitting in Solana. It's just not gonna grow. It's gonna stay at a dollar. It's not gonna do much. That's all within the app. You just click it and you say transfer and it just transfers. I'm not like a financial genius, or, but also I have, I probably have like six or seven coins now because in the, in the app, if you click their uh, learning seminar, it teaches you about that particular coin. This is going to be in the uh, air quality uh, space and they tell you what exactly they're looking to do with that. And if you answer the question, it gives you $5 worth of their coin. I'm like, I just let it sit there. If it takes off. I'll buy some more of it, but at least I have that, and it just keeps you in tune. Like I have some that I don't even remember what they do in particular, but they just gave it to you. Yeah. yeah. I just think of all these countries that in Europe and in Asia and all this stuff that want to get in on these these new trending currencies and stuff like that, but they're under governments that don't allow like they'll black out the internet. You know what I mean? Or they'll, they'll black out Twitter or they'll black out whatever, whenever they feel like. And usually that's around election times or if there's too many like disturbances publicly, like there's too many people protesting or there's people that are trying to to knock them out of their their uh, their palaces and stuff like that. Like the idea that the stuff is on the cloud and the and, and it allows them the ability to go and buy food and and to buy things that they want and all that kind of stuff, it sounds great. But at the same time, it just sounds like there's just a chokehold on it. Like there's just this possibility of it just disappearing or being snatched out of their hands. I, don't, I it just it just makes me nervous at the thought of it. That's the, that's been the case with everything your whole life. <laughs> Ain't nothing guaranteed, right? Like, at the end of the day, what, even when it comes to the dollar, what, it's still a piece of paper. If it's, but it's it, backed by something. Like <laughs> but it actually it means something because there's a mint with a physical thing that equates to it. Like that's the only difference. If if we if we if we ended up getting in bomb shelters for a hundred years. And all the people that knew about the mint that had all this gold in it died. And then all those, that new generation that didn't know anything about it, then it wouldn't mean anything. But until that happens, it means something. You see what I'm saying? Like, I, no, I no, totally I, I understand. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I'm not saying that I came up with the idea of this, but the fact that it's inevitable. Right, that's the only thing we're saying is that, yes, I agree with you. Right now, the US dollar, is the only currency that is internationally recognized. 
right? So it is the, it is the only one um, anywhere in, 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 in the world, essentially, you could go in the U.S. dollar accounts for something. Um, and there are some of these things that, yes, they're going to be the NFTs, the crypto. The crypto is, 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 the, is the second piece, right, that right now is, is recognized more, you know, closest to the U.S. dollar as far as any type of, you know, right yeah. and then and then now we got the nfts right now i think that is i think that's you know yeah it's, it's becoming more internationally recognized but it's not as back it's not as prevalent as as the crypto but but again like to, to close point yes it it like right now it's just the wave this is just you know we're, we're going into a digital space and so much more is going to be digital you know people are you know today you know, I, you know, it's just like, you know, it's, you don't, I don't carry cash like that, like, you know, and a lot of times, so you credit, even like, that's why like credit cards and things like they're more prevalent than even cash right now. Everything is such, it's, yeah. it's such a digital sphere, um, sphere, like it, that's just what it is, man. And unless that time comes, like you say, because at that point, even, even the currency, won't matter. it'll be like, you know, you know, I'll, I'll give you you know, three, three cards for, for the pair of shoes you got, <laughs> you know, right. <laughs> you know, that's what like, I said, wampum earlier, we'll be sitting right. trading seashells and beads and shit. <laughs> <laughs> right. yeah. But until that time, man, until uh -huh. that time, this you is said, the way. You know, Asia made headlines a few days ago. Yeah, that was one of the things, that was one of the reasons I bought Lunaroid because of like the samurai look. Because they said uh, Asia is now into the NFT marketplace. So like a lot of the people that I follow, they were like, look at Asian creators, look at projects. It's going to completely reshape everything. I, I just typed in Asia NFT and it says why Asia is poised to be the next big market for NFTs. Generative NFTs are reshaping global art culture. And typically when Asia gets involved into art, <laughs> It's almost, going to almost, be almost anything, almost anything, because because the, of their population, yeah. the Asian population. It's what you're really talking about at that point, right? So they they that means something. It's not you know you know you're not talking about a small island. Like, yeah, you're talking about that. So like you said, they're getting into that, and then like you said, to their creators as well. Oh man, it's, that's booming. You know, even even here in the U.S., we everyone's in competition to try to be friends with Asia because because they're such a big population. Right of people and they, their labors, you know. Right, they, you know, they, so it's they do things for cheaper. Like so, it's crazy. Like you know, but yeah, that's that's and that's doing your homework. That's the other thing too, man. When you when you talk about the whole yeah, being the guinea pig piece too, there is that. And Phil's showing it, man. You do your homework, you know. It's and that's why I've not even like acted like I know much about NFTs. I I'll tell you about what I know about, but that is still foreign to me in a sense. But it. It's nice and it's refreshing knowing that someone else is doing their homework on it and can kind of give me confidence as to for when I go into and look at it, you know, and look into it more and further. Because if I'm looking into it, I'm taking my time. Like I'm not like, well, this looks cool. Like I mean, day and night, like I lose sleep doing research. So you know, <laughs> but it, I, big facts, man. I really do. I do too. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, so but um, but yeah, man. But knowing that it there you know to do and it's credible and then you're and that gives me the peace of mind to be like all right i can i can look at this 
and then that way you have, you you make the deals you know with more confidence. Yeah, I mean it's it's still gonna be it's still very risky. Like at the end of the day, getting into any of these projects, they could all flop. Like Alpha Girls could be a terrible game. I have no idea what's gonna end up coming out of it, but it's like you got to look at it from the perspective of like a future consumer. Look at it as an artist. Look at it as like what's the attention to detail. Like if I some of them before even like thinking about buying the project at this point i'm looking at the upcoming releases um, i've put things on my google calendar and stuff just to keep in mind but i'll go to their discord i'll look at how many followers they have on twitter and then you look at the actual engagement on twitter to see like do they have they're going to put out five thousand of these they got 700 followers on on uh twitter they don't even have enough followers to support how much this is or I'll look at a project that's putting out 2,000 NFTs and they've got 30,000 people following them and people are retweeting and comments like crazy and stuff. You look at the Discord channel and they're all an actual community. Like I sold a couple, they're called Dino Dogs. They, I just thought they were cool and I figured Jackie would like them. And I'm like, I sold a couple of them for, they both made $50 on them. And I'm like, I had no emotional attachment to these things whatsoever. I got it because it was just a cool looking picture. But I went to their community and their community's like, they're having contests of who can write the best backstory for their dining dog and who can do and taking pictures and stuff with, I'm like, this is a great community. It's just not me. Like, I'm not going to be able to do this every day. Like, it's dope. Like, Jackie may have fun in this and stuff. And I'm like, the, the alphas and stuff, I actually like the, the group that you're getting in and talking with. So it becomes a community within itself when you're on there. Like, I, I didn't think I'd get into that side of things but you're you're talking with the people that created it like the people like we we directly influence them to give us uh the next collection based on the holders saying no let's put out a two to one ratio because everybody that just jumped in and bought one off the floor after the mint they got it for like 0.6 and we're sitting there like well, we got ours at two because we believed in the project they waited until afterwards why would we reward them with the next collection so we said, let's do two to one. If you, for every two you own, you get one. And then all these people wanted to sell theirs because they're like, no, man, you, you know, I'm like, that's weeding out the people that don't truly believe in this project. Because if you gave them one, they'd then drop the floor again. They get it. It was a free NFT. I'm going to put it as 0.5. I still made 0.5, but the collection doesn't look very good when you're telling me that this Basquiat is only worth $50. Like, it's the most beautiful artwork on the entire platform. So, and this is the conversation you have in the Discord. Everybody that's, that actually believes it and stuff is like, yeah, uh, they'll randomly, like the moderators would be like, let's sweep the floor. Uh, I mean, like, let's get all the ones from 1.5 up to 1.75. Let's sweep the floor so that makes the new floor to even get into this 1.75. And they'll say one of the alphas in that range has a, a gun in his pocket. Whoever gets them gets two sold. And everybody will go, everybody in the collection will go buy one, go buy one, go buy one. Whoever gets it, the, the moderator says it was number what, 235, here's two sold. And then they'll just do random giveaways, 500 bucks to, to these 10 alphas. And like, <laughs> like, it's always something that's going on in those Discord. It's fun. So it's like, believe in the project you want to invest in and you're not going to be upset. At the very least, I paid 100 bucks for a piece of 4K uh, high resolution artwork. I would have paid that at the store. Right. Even if I were to lose that, like, and I won't, exactly. but even if I did. Yeah. I'll find some projects that I'm like, 
I mean, I'm high on the ones that I have right now, but I'm not going to be like, yo, you definitely should do this. I'm still a rookie myself. <laughs> like, I, I was nervous as hell to try and sell. And I finally was just like, I just got to pull the trigger. And I sold those NBA NFTs and I was just gone. I was like, oh, that's that's too easy. I literally just clicked place for sale. And I looked at my serial number and I looked at the ones that it sold around me. It's like, well, that's sold for 25 and that's way less rare than mine. Let me put it at 30. <laughs> 10 minutes later, we got a notification like, dude, $30. I was like, damn, that's crazy. <laughs> that's nice. Oh, that's nice. Well, fellas, I got to jump off here, man. Yeah, it's um, getting late. Yeah, but definitely good meeting with y'all fellas, man. Yeah, yeah it's cool to, to get educated on some of this stuff, too. Man. Yeah, I, I think this was a really good conversation. I'm just I, I learned a lot from it, just hearing y'all's excitement and stuff mainly from it. But uh, it's wild, man. Where it's a, it's a whole new frontier coming. But yeah, it was it was cool catching up with you guys. Yeah, man. Yeah. Same, same. I have to see what the group says about the next meetup. But you know, I was still waking up with you guys. Enjoy the the end of the week. Have a good weekend. I'll talk to you guys soon. All right, fellas. All right, fellas. Love you. I right, love you guys. Bye-bye.